It's all part of the plan. Episode 7 of DC Talk right here on Get Into Geek. My name is Mitch, here to talk all things DC on the big and little screens. Now, ongoing listeners to our DC Talks here and Get Into Geek, well, yeah, I mean, you'll notice that's 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 a completely different name to the show. That's that's a new thing. Yes, we've had to rename our DC Talk show on Get Into Geek. It's something I'm actually going to go into when I have someone to talk to about it. And wonderful High Pitch Matty is going to join us on a future episode, hopefully our next one, so we can start to break down what is becoming... Well, at least what could be a daily DC show. We could honestly have a podcast every day at this point. And we've been trying for the last couple of weeks to have our weekly show continue. But it's been hard to get a team together to talk about the madness that is the the DC cinematic universe at the moment. Whether you love it, whether you hate it, there's not been a dull moment over the last... I mean, we're looking at last couple of months, but really the last few weeks have been very, very spicy. And along the way, while trying to get a show together and get some teams in to talk about it, rather than just having me, myself, solo, tell you what's happening and tell you my thoughts on what's happening, there came reason to have a name change of the show. So if you're listening to the back catalogue, you've actually not known it as anything different because I went back and re-recorded tops to all of those podcasts. So for anyone who is listening live as we're releasing episodes and go, well, hang on, for the first six episodes, you name this podcast something different. Yeah, well, I've had to change it. Okay, so I've went back and I've changed it. It was like it was never there, hopefully. And I'll go into why when High Pitch Maddie joins us on our next episode. Like I said, anything, anything could happen in the next 24 hours. And we were releasing these DC episodes of the podcast weekly, even though we wrap up each podcast talking about TV shows that were on 18 months ago. Embarrassingly so. If you're new to the show, go back. I explained in previous podcasts. Right now, though, it's time to do what we do in the second half of every It's All Part of the Plan episodes. We go back to the DC TV shows as I'm slowly catching up on shows that have since been cancelled. Yes, fine, whatever. Of course, we've been talking about them as they were released. So for this new week, we're back to two episodes. So we'll talk about The Flash in just a couple of minutes. But right now, the next episode of Superman and Lois. Perks of not being a wallflower. I have to say, I went into episode three with far less concerns than I did going into episode two, as far as a worry for a dip in quality. And the show, again, showed off what a great mix it is and how it understands its own assignment. With some, okay, admittedly cheesy, but still family stuff with trying to figure out what colour to paint the walls of the Kent house straight into a disaster that only Superman can fix. Clark? Clark? Guess there's no reason to hide it now that you both know he's Superman. And that pre-credit sequence could have been just that, but instead it actually gave us the kitchen scene with the boys learning just how powerful their dad's super hearing is, which even as a long-term Superman fan, is actually pretty awesome to hear about, how he can literally hear every sound on Earth, but has had to train himself to tune most of it out. It's more like I hear all the fluctuations taking place in the collective sonic frequency. That makes zero sense to me. So how do you tell between, like, someone in trouble and someone shouting for a taxi? Well, it took lots of years of training at the Fortress, but that's where I learned to hone in on certain sounds, like 
people in distress. Both scenes, again, could have just been another window into the family's life and the boys learning Clark's powers, but end up becoming a pretty key moment in their relationship ongoing. How long have you been doing this? Since we moved here, our whole lives? It's not like I'm listening all the time. That is, that is the wrong answer. And just like last week, that disagreement didn't define the episode longer than it should have, like in most other, all, CWDC shows. The next morning, apologies were made and accepted. The family moves on. I actually really liked the relationship of the brothers and how it was tested with Jordan taking up football to get back at his bullies, but unintentionally making Jonathan look bad in the process. And while I don't really know anything about American football and whether numbers really mean anything, I actually like the image of Jonathan wearing number 12 while Jordan wore 24, as in twice the amount of 12, while he then showed up his more experienced brother and was arguably twice the player. I've got to say, though, that I'm still a bit unsure about Jordan and when he gets upset and... I'm feeling it's less his reaction to situations and more an acting choice on how he reacts to situations. I'm still hoping that settles down a bit and I forget about it. What I did like with the football story was what I'm sure far from a unique story beat. But as far as TV Superman goes, a throwback to Smallville. That series saw Clark beg his father to be able to play football and the promise of reining in his powers to be able to do so. There's no Mystery Luther in this episode, but Lois' story brought on more of what will be the other big bad of the season in the Morgan Edge storyline. And with that, one of the cooler action scenes with Supes taking on some kind of enhanced human, played by X-Men movie franchise's Colossus, actually, which is kind of cool, who ended up dead because of another enhanced woman, this time with Superman's heat vision powers. And if I'm remembering correctly, the same woman who's working for Morgan Edge at the Daily Planet in episode two. So... Seeds are really starting to be planted. They're not rushing through things like these shows have done. Or it's kind of the complete opposite of Batwoman, where they're both trying to lay seeds for a long gestating future while also rushing to get there at the same time. It's very confusing stuff. But Superman and Lois, you know what, three for three at this stage. I'm really liking it so far. But let's wrap things up with The Flash. Episode 2 of Season 7, and you know what? Color me surprised. Cisco is back. I really hope him not being around last episode is going to play like a major role in the character ongoing, which, yes, it has to, but otherwise, what was the point of him not being there? Anyway, so a lot of this episode was around Barry developing super speed thinking, which is actually something we have for seasons been talking about on this podcast. To be honest, it's probably an issue that's plagued both Superman and The Flash as characters for pretty much as long as they've been around. Now, look, I don't know as much about the comic books, so it's probably something that's been addressed and been addressed thoroughly. But if they can operate... And in the Flash's case, run, dodge bullets, or phase through solid matter at impossibly super speeds. That takes insanely fast decision making. If Flash can run from one side of the city to the other in the blink of an eye, at some stage he's going to have to move around, over, or through something that would otherwise kill him. So he's already capable of super speed thinking. But at the start of this episode, it seemed to be some kind of monumental development. His neurons are firing at super speed. Synaptic connections are off the charts. The quantum computers can't even keep up processing his results. The artificial speed force. The artificial fracking speed force. It didn't just give you your old powers back. It gave you a new one. Enhanced cognition by way of a speed force booster shot. Huh? Barry can think fast now. 
I think the problem, like many others similar, only needed a line about how his mind can only speed up when he's already running, when he's already, like, flicked a switch to start moving fast. Okay, that doesn't make a lot of sense either, but theoretically, the Flash and Superman should be able to solve almost all of their problems incredibly fast, and their problem-solving or investigative skills shouldn't operate at normal human speeds while their bodies are beyond superhuman. Imagine how pissed off Batman would be. What could the world's greatest detective do with a mind that can process information as fast as Flash or Superman? I otherwise like how the effects of his hyper-cognitive brain impacted his personality. I mean, we get a convenient line about how that's possible. You remember how Thawne used negative emotion to stabilize his speed force machine? Well, since we didn't want to make the same mistake, we used an inert substance, an argon-xenon hybrid that would generate no emotional fallout. But I think that was a mistake. Yes, the ASF gave you increased cognitive function a thousand times over, but it's done the exact opposite to your emotional response. But the lack of emotion paid off the conversation between Joe and Barry at the start of the episode. Bear, I know what you're doing. Don't, don't blame yourself. What you just said. Ramsey infecting me, even using a copy of Iris to manipulate my emotions. Lately, it feels like my heart is my enemy's greatest weapon. Have faith, son. Which worked off the emotional weight of last week's episode. It's not amazingly done, but it's too rare that we get even a basic through line like this instead of what these shows often do and create the beginning, middle, and end of a thread all in one episode. All of the things that I just said, Superman and Lois, is doing right. Apropos nothing, but worth highlighting a line in the middle of the episode where things need to speed up a little, so the show explains what's happened without actually explaining anything. Is this neural dissonance? No, but it's similar. It's a side effect of being sent to the mirrorverse by the mirror gun instead of Eva pulling Singh through her office mirror. How do you know that? I don't know, I just... The episode officially ends with Iris being pulled out of the Mirrorverse, Team Flash immobilized, and Flash himself down for the count, but I actually want to talk about the credit scene. Long, long have these little nuggets been accused by our own staff here at Geek of having nothing to do with anything in the actual episode that they follow but being little more than trailers for next week, targeting the short attention span audience, lest they not feel the need to watch next week if an episode has a definitive ending. But none, surely, have been a bigger example of that criticism than this episode. Once upon a time, it comes up. What? A throwback to not only earlier in the show's history, but a time period before even the pilot episode where Thrawn took over Earth-1's Harrison Wells. It's obviously something we have seen before, but then there's a new extended ending to that scene with some type of Wells, I don't know which one, coming back to life above the buried remains of the original Wells. What? Now, I want to keep Tom Kavanagh as much as the next person, and I really do. I love that guy. He's been arguably the backbone of this entire series. But if we're absolutely, definitively going to kill off Wells and every other Wells in some epic, selfless sacrifice in episode one, 
at least have one full episode before you bring him back. I know we barely have questions, let alone answers, but the threat of death is really starting to mean very little if no one actually stays dead. I get it. It's comic books. It's the nerd rule. No one ever really dies. The biggest indicator last week that Wells wasn't truly dead, I think we touched on in the podcast, that Cisco and Caitlin were not there, were not even on the other end of a phone call. Wells wasn't even seen to have received a text message from them. And while it might not suit the logistics of real life, in this world, in TV land, story arcs tend to end like that, especially when you've got some original cast members like Cisco and Caitlin and Wells, or at least Tom Cavanaugh playing characters. They're not going to write off this guy and send him on his merry way without some kind of in-show goodbye. We said that last week. It looked definitive. I would have been surprised if it was, but God damn it, give us one week before you tease that he's coming back. We will be back next week. Will Wells? Well, we'll see. God, I said a lot of words starting with W there. Will Wells be back next week? We sure will. We will be back with another episode of DC TV. In the meantime, you can follow us on the socials or subscribe to Get Into Geek, the podcast if you haven't already. We will be back for more DC TV next time on Get Into Geek. Get Into Geek.